You're listening to the Digital Dive Media Podcast, a curation of digital marketing industry news, trends, and other insights designed to keep communication professionals informed. Today's episode is brought to you by Brand Method Media Group. Welcome to another episode of Digital Dive Media Podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Kelly, founder and CEO of Brand Method Media Group. Today, we're speaking with Ethan Decker, who is the founder and president of Applied Brand Science. Applied Brand Science uniquely combines the latest research in advertising effectiveness, brand growth, and cognitive psychology to separate fact from fiction. Welcome to the show, Ethan. Thank you so much for having me, Kelly. Absolutely. So let's start with a bit more information about Applied Brand Science and the mission of the company. Sure. I started the company about two years ago because after 18 years in advertising and marketing, I found that we were having the same debates and same arguments over and over again. And that's what was torpedoing really great work. Not the great work itself, but the debates about how marketing really works, how advertising actually works, how people actually buy. So as a a scientist by training, because I have a background in science, I really wanted to get to the bottom of it and bring those true scientific truths to light and apply those to the world of marketing and advertising. Awesome. And what what were some of those arguments, some of the kind of ones that kept coming up? Oh, one of the classics. (laughs) One of the classics is uh, how do we, do we focus on our current buyers or do we try and acquire new buyers? That's a classic. It turns out there's some really clear scientific explanations about how to approach that and how to answer that. But very few people have ever heard of that stuff. (laughs) That's awesome. I always, I'm nowhere near as deep, obviously, as you, but I always say there's a bit of a science to this, especially in the digital landscape. And, you know, if you take heed to that as a foundational practice, you'll be good. But if if you think that it's just based off instinct and intuition and what you like, what you don't like, then, you know, mm-hmm. you're, you're probably going to miss the mark a bit there. It's true. It's hard, though, because the science, you know, it might explain 50% of what's going on, which is a lot more than zero, but it still leaves 50% unexplained. And so even when you've got good science guiding you, there are still lots of unknowns and it's such a complex world that it doesn't always produce the precise answer you think it will. Absolutely. And let's talk about your background a little bit. What has your career trajectory been like? Oh, like a ping pong ball? or a, <laughs> a, 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 It's bounced around quite a lot. A pinball, I guess. I started as a, an academic in uh, ecology and evolution. I studied urban ecosystems, did a PhD in that, and then had the opportunity to either continue doing that and get into global models of of atmospheric pollutants and global models of ecosystems, or become a journalist and run a small magazine in the outdoor industry. (laughs) And of course, I took the latter. I ended up being a journalist. From there, I got into market research and did global qualitative market research, even though my academic work was much more quantitative in nature, and then fell backwards into marketing and brand strategy. And so I've been doing marketing and brand strategy for 18 years now, mostly with very large companies, Procter & Gamble, Kellogg's, Domino's, Fruit of the Loom, folks like that. That's pretty awesome. Wow. What a, what a journey. I've not heard that one yet in all years. So the the simplification is I'm a scientist by training, but I'm a marketer by trade. 
That's awesome. And what would you say is one of the driving forces that keeps you passionate about marketing, especially coming from a science background? Why apply that here? It works because it's a, it's a crazy balance and crazy mix of quantitative and qualitative of art and science, as people always say, or left brain and right brain. And these are, you know, tropes, but they're also kind of true. And I find myself really excited about trying to balance those and find the happy medium between those. And there's a lot of artsy side of me. I've always been drawn to design. I used to be a creative writer and a, and a, a musicals person. I was really into musicals, wrote some for a while, but I'm also a scientist and I love science and I love uh, logic and puzzles. So this is a branding is a perfect mix of those two things. That's really interesting. I, I, I kind of have the same approach. I, I fell into marketing or public relations as a start just on a whim. Like I, I was a receptionist at a company and the publicist kind of took me under her. I didn't even know that was a job back then. Right. I mean, this is like way back in the day. You didn't dress um, up as a publicist in third grade. I did not. School. I did not. I didn't right. know that was a job. I didn't know people did that for a living. In college, in my undergrad, I didn't take a marketing course until my last semester. And it was like a light bulb went off. And I was like, oh my God, this is what I want to do. And like, this yeah. is it. I'm out of here. Yep. So, but I've always felt that I'm really drawn, especially with digital in the analytics, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm very, very drawn to the numbers and the reports. I like the creative stuff, mm -hmm. but I love the numbers. I love making it make sense. And so I think when you come with that approach to it, it's, it's super beneficial because yeah. the creative is great and it's fun and we all love cool, shiny things. And, but how is this impacting the bottom line? Like what are we yeah, doing? You, you need to be comfortable with numbers. And I yeah. find that in, in advertising, even more so than in marketing, there are a lot of people who very are happy to say, I'm allergic to spreadsheets. Don't show me any statistics. And, and I feel like that's really self-limiting. Yeah. On the other hand, you do get a lot of people who are so geeked out about the numbers and the data that they forget what they're chasing or they use the data as a crutch. They use the research as a crutch. And you start tracking all of these things just because you can, but they're actually maybe meaningless metrics. Yeah, so you got to find the balance stuff. The balance. Yeah, I think that's going to be key, especially now going into what I've identified as, as a trend of marketing being tied very closely to revenue and yep. marketing having to explain what is this doing? I need to see it in numbers. The creative is great. It needs to be on brand and we need to have proper messaging, but how is this tying into the numbers part of it? And so marketers are being stretched out of their comfort zone more now than ever to prove their value and their contribution. Yeah. And I think that the, the metrics that we have available aren't always the right metrics to prove that value. Uh, another big debate is between branding and selling short-term and long-term. Yeah. And people say, well, you've got to sell today. You've got to sell today. You need to show the ROI right now. That's fine, but that might paint you into a very small corner and erode your brand value. Because here's a really great way to increase sales. Drop your price. Offer coupons. And we <laughs> hear that all the time from consumers, too, from people. They're like, oh, yeah, you want me to buy more mayonnaise? Uh, lower your prices. But that paints you into a, a really terrible corner of basically being a commodity. So yeah. if you chase that, the metric that's easy, the metric that's available, you might end up losing in the long term because we don't have necessarily great long-term metrics to connect some of these activities with brand development 
and for instance, we have a lot of trouble assessing the value of a brand. Yeah. Because the value of a brand is, of course, number one, allows you to charge a price premium. Number two, it gives you leverage over your retailer. That's kind of hard to measure quantitatively and link to brand building efforts. It allows you to attract better talent to your company. And that's also kind of hard to put a, a very you know, strict quantitative number on. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how the industry develops going forward and, and merging those two together, because I, I still think it's important to have both. I'm a fan of brand. I was just telling my husband last night, I saw a five minute little video from Netflix about the campaign was called Work Like a Mother. And it just basically highlighted the moms that work for Netflix. And some are pregnant, some are nursing on set, some are camera crew. And it wasn't a promotion of a show or anything. There was no call to action. It was simply to support brand and to show you and humanize Netflix. Um, And I feel they do a really good job with that. And it's always interesting to see. So what are your thoughts on what marketing looks like in the next 18 to 24 months with everything going on? Mm -hmm. I think we will continue to have these debates about branding versus selling and brand work versus sales or hard hitting work. There's been some interesting revelations from folks like Adidas and Nike who have said, we thought we had great attribution models, but it turns out that our brand work and our offline work is actually driving sales and it's driving it online. So again, if you develop an attribution model that only looks at two pieces of a 20 piece puzzle, you shouldn't be surprised when you see a connection between just those two pieces. We're going to continue to see those debates happen as people try and figure out really what's driving sales and sales and brand have to go together. If you do something that's just brand building and it doesn't build sales, then your company doesn't, survive the next six months. But for the next 18 to 24 months, I think we're going to see continued pressure to try and find digital and virtual ways to connect with people. We will continue to see digital marketing increase, but also scrutinized because the reports of fraud continue to grow. The worries about real good assessments and analytics from the walled gardens like Facebook and Twitter those continue to grow. Brand safety keeps coming up as an issue. So people are really going to want to know, where is my money going? And I want to see, I want the receipts. I want to know that when I put this money in, I want to see where my ads are actually showing up and are they showing up safely and are they actually being seen by humans? Oh yeah. Yeah. That's a big one. I know, I know a couple of people leading up to the election, the Facebook advertising space was brutal. I mean, mm-hmm. people were getting swept up in, I guess, their efforts to keep everything very real and authentic and, and no fake. But there were a lot of company campaigns that just got swept up in that and ad accounts were disabled. Mm-hmm. And Facebook was like, yeah, well. <laughs> oh, well. And you've seen numbers. I've seen numbers up to 50% of your ads aren't shown to actual humans uh, that's a lot of waste. So supposedly digital was, was going to eliminate all of that because you could track everything. Turns right. out not so much. It's still very yeah. confusing. So another piece of the, the, the future, I think will be going back to the original relationships between advertisers and media companies. And you'll see more direct sales mm. in that way instead of going through these massive brokers and these massive auction houses. So if you want your ad to show up on newyorktimes.com, 
or HuffPo.com or DrudgeReport.com, you will buy ads directly with them. With them. Yeah. That's interesting. I've not heard that. Yeah. I guess the price will be high though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the price will be a lot higher than going through a major broker, but you have guaranteed placement with a guaranteed audience and with the amount of fakery in the world, guarantees are important. So much fakery. The the new deep fake commercials I've been seeing are scary. (laughs) It's so messed up. It's It's so messed up. There's a term for that, uh, which I love. It's called being nerd sighted. It's like being nearsighted. Uh-huh. Just to say, you're so excited about the technology in front of your nose, you can't see the ethical implications down the road. Well, I think a lot of that is, is coming to play, especially as marketers, we're having to figure out where that line is between what is ethical, what's in the best interest of our client or our company, and you know how do we proceed from there? Because there's a lot of landmines going on and, and, and you don't always know it until it blows up and it's like, oh, should we have been a part <laughs> Should we have been part of that? (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Now, what are you consuming as an individual to keep a leg up and just stay fresh and and up on what's going on, what's coming next? What are you consuming? Podcasts, websites? Yes, 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 yes. All of the things. All the things. (laughs) Uh, It is very hard to keep up, of course. So I have subscriptions to probably two or three dozen different uh, newsletters. Wark is a good one uh, just for the advertising and marketing industry, the World Advertising Resources Council, Research Council. I'm a big fan of the IPA from the UK, and I'm a big fan of the Ehrenberg Bass Institute in uh, Australia, University of Southern Australia in Wales, I believe it is. Don't quote me on the location. <laughs> but uh, I, I stay up to date on Twitter and on LinkedIn as well, and I read a lot of things that people post on there. A couple people I follow in particular are Mark Ritson. He's always a hoot. Uh, he's got a, a nice combination of kind of classically trained marketing, the things that are timeless, like str- segmentation and targeting and positioning. Mm-hmm. Those don't change whether you're building right. Casper or whether you're building Hermes. John Dawes is a, a research scientist at the Ehrenberg Bass Institute. I follow him quite a bit. Zoe Skamen is a brand strategist from the UK. I think she's still in the UK. She's kind of a, a global traveler. And she does some really fascinating stuff and writes about it, especially when it comes to the social media space. So yeah, I, you got to read it all. You got to turn on the fire hose. <laughs> and consume. Mm-hmm. So what's coming up next for Applied Brand Science? What are you guys working on? What's coming down the pipeline? I have a few clients right now that I work with that are uh, doing a combination of brand building and brand training. So the brand Mm. building is the classic stuff. Hey, can you help us figure out our own audience, our own positioning, our own marketing strategy? Uh, So I can do that. And then I also help them with a perspective or a playbook on how to approach branding and how to approach marketing. Because that's often where things break down. You've got a new CMO maybe that comes in and they like to do things in a certain way and their whole team has been trained and conditioned to do things in a different way. Yeah. And so the CMO says, my people are terrible. And the people say, I can't please the CMO. <laughs> so I can come in and say, hey, let's all get on the same page and let's also make sure it's grounded in the, the science, in brand science, as well as the latest trends and the latest research and the latest innovations and opportunities in marketing. 
Yeah. Cause there are some things that are just tried and true and they're basic and they're just standard. And then, you know, you combine that with what is trending and you've got a best shot at a winning combination. The, yes. The metaphor I like to use is that everything that flies has to follow the same physics laws, the same laws of physics that have been yeah. around for centuries. But a modern jet engine is really different than a biplane from 100 years ago or a blimp. So there's a lot of flexibility and a lot of innovation, but you're still constrained by the same fundamental laws. And we're so busy as uh, Rory Sutherland. He's another one I love. Rory Sutherland from uh, Ogilvy in the UK. He just wrote a book called, um, oh, it's escaping me. His new book is fabulous. But Rory Sutherland likes to say, we, we're so busy chasing what's new in digital, what's new in social, what's new in VR, that we forget to say what isn't changing, which is humans and our yeah. Stone Age brains. And we still have the same drives and the same needs as we've had for thousands and hundreds of thousands of years. Yeah, you're still doing business with people. It, that, yeah. that part doesn't change. I, don't, I think when we put on our you know, executive hats or our business hats, we forget it's still people that we need to be reaching. And so yes. we can't try to close them on the first LinkedIn post and they've never seen your brand before or Correct. yeah, we've got a, you're still talking to an individual and, you know, even if you just take a step back and think, well, what am I responding to? Am I clicking on everything I see online or right. ads or probably not? <laughs> we get so blinkered once we're in marketing about yeah. how humans are just humans and yeah, we don't necessarily want a deep relationship with our soap brand, you know, <laughs> or our, our coffee. Some people, some people do. Some people are fanatical about coffee, but they maybe don't give a damn about their, their motor oil or their tires. Yeah. yeah. So I like to say we are brand fickle, not brand loyal. <laughs> well, this has been great. Where can people get in touch with you for more information on Apply Brand Science? Um, on, on all the, the sites. So LinkedIn, of course, uh, you can find me there. You can find me on Twitter under E.H. Decker. The website is appliedbrandscience.com. It's a mouthful, but that's where all the fundamentals are. And then if they want to email or call, my numbers are on all of those places. Awesome. This has been great, Ethan. Thank you for your time. We've been speaking with Ethan Decker of Applied Brand Science. Thank you so much for being a part of the show. Absolutely, Kelly. Thank you so much for having me. If you enjoyed today's show, please share, subscribe, and leave a review on iTunes. Thank you for listening to the Digital Dive Media Podcast, and we'll see you in the next episode.